Today I want to start a very, very important series. Would you say this with me, grow? I want to talk to you about one of the, if not the most important, one of the most important series that we're going to be preaching is, is called Grow. I feel like the Holy Spirit has directed the leadership here at the church after a long time of prayer and discussion just to kind of click the compass a little bit, just a, a degree or two in taking us to better for forth reach the destiny that I believe that God has put on heart of the city church. And I want to talk about that today. If you would put up that one slide, the mission of heart of the city church, or, or you could say the vision, we're to be a people after God's own heart. Would you say that with me on three, one, two, three, to be a people after God's own heart? I believe God has given us a clear, crystal clear plan of ending up there to develop that in our lives. And today I want to talk about things. I believe that you're going to walk out of this room having memorized four to eight things that we're going to be discussing. I'm not going to be the only one preaching. You're going to preach back out to me today because we're going to be talking about these four to eight areas. There are actually four areas that have something connected to each one of them that I think if you're like the other two gatherings, I believe that you're going to most of you are going to memorize this because we want to walk out of here armed and dangerous. I believe that this is so important that we get this today, and I think that you will. And pray with me right now as we dive into grow and this very important just kind of opening in the first chapter of this series today. Father, we thank you for this amazing time, all that you did at the sound, before the sound, seek week, response week last week. All that you're doing in lives, what you did in Marissa's life last night, Father, what you're doing today, the, the folks that gave their life to you last night and this morning, how beautiful, Lord. You're building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We praise you. We thank you. I pray, God, right now, you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit and your word, you would transform each and every one of, every one of us a little bit more like Jesus. Make us a little bit more like you in Jesus' name. And everyone said... I want to go back to the mission statement for a moment. If you would say this with me, it's up there right there. It's going to be there. On, uh, 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 uh. It's going to be there to be a people after God's own heart. Say that with me again. To be a people after God's own heart. I want to talk to you about four areas today that I think that's going to get us there. That's going to more develop us. And we're going to be on this crystal clear path of where we feel the, that God by his spirit is taking heart of the city church. The first one is this, know God. Say that with me, know God. Say it with me again, know God. One more time, know God. The section over here, know God. We're to know God. Number one, know God. Number two, find freedom. Will you say that with me? Find freedom. One more time. All the ladies in the house, all the men in the house, Find freedom. We're to know God, number one. And number two, we're to find freedom. Number three, discover my purpose. Discover my purpose. Will you say that with me, number three? Wonderful. How many of you want to discover your purpose in life? Come on. There's not a, a person breathing here that doesn't walk, want to walk in their God-given purpose. We're going to dive into that today. Number one. Number two. Number three. And number four, 
make a difference. Say that with me, make a difference. You're breathing right now to make a difference. You were born to make a difference. The devil is going to try to get you sideways and all jacked up and turn those things around. But I'm going to tell you right now, you were created to make a difference. You are fully alive, fully engaged, eyes wide open, heart beating when you are making a difference. Number one. No, 100%. Here we go. Number one. No God. Number two. Yeah. Number three. Absolutely. Number four. Make a difference. We're going to dive into these right now. No God. It all begins with a person knowing God. There's many other goals. There's many other challenges. We're to know God. We're to love him with all of our heart, love our neighbor as ourselves. We, we want to become more like Jesus. But the one I want to plan out, just kind of plant on today is no God. Our number one, the start off, the, the, the starting gun, bam, is for you to know God. I know President Trump, but I really don't know President Trump. I really don't know. I know his name. I know one of his sons, a bow hunter. I know him some. I really don't know President Trump. I know Bob Dylan. I think he's an amazing songwriter. I can sing some of his songs. I was blinded by the devil, born already Rome, stone cold dead as I stepped out of the womb. But I really don't know Bob Dylan. I really don't know him. My favorite actor. I, I, I know Denzel Washington. Man, all the way back in the day when he did the very first movie, you know, uh, in the Civil War and just throughout his history. Of, but I really don't know. I really don't know Denzel Washington. But there's people I do know. I, I know Raiding K. Owens on the front row. I know her. I know my son, Jonathan David Seth Owens. I know him. I know my daughter, Jamie Raiding Owens Paul. I know them. I know Craig and I know Connor. There's people that I really, really, really dearly love and really know. God wants you to really dearly love him and really know him. No, not, not just his name, not just his kind of his ways like Moses says. Man, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. God wants you to know him. It begins with knowing God. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. If you have your Bible, I really hope you do. Turn to some of these scriptures today. I think this is going to be on the Sky Bible. It says this, Matthew 7, 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Beautiful confession. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name. Brothers are charismatics, prophesying, walking in wonders, using, being used spiritually, powerfully. Feel me. 
Fill me. And he says this. And then I will declare to them, I never knew. Say that word with me, knew. Never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That word knew right there, very, very important. To know God, knew. Genosco. Say that with me, genosco. Very, very beautiful, I guess beautiful, Greek word, genosco. You know, there's, there's a big definition behind it, the one that I want to camp out right now so that you feel what I'm talking about when it comes to knowing that genosco is a Judah, Jewish idiom, idiom when it comes to, listen, sexual intercourse between a man and a woman, the most intimate, intimate, the most intimate thing that you could ever do is, is, is this word, I never knew you, this, this, this idiom uh, of, of, of sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. I never knew you. God wants to have a very intimate relationship with you and I. God wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. Daniel, let's go to the Old Testament. Daniel 11.32, the, the, the second part of that scripture says something beautiful. It says, but the people who know, we say that word with me, know. We have the Greek and you have the Hebrew. The people who know their God shall be strong. Listen to the promise of knowing God. You can weigh it out kind of the fruit in your life. Are you strong? Those who know their God and carry uh, shall be strong and look and carry out great exploits. That word in the Hebrew is yada. Y-A-D-A, yada. Say that with me, yada. No. Genosco, no. Nu. Hebrew, yada. Do you know God? Not just know of him, not just come on Sundays. Are you walking in an intimate relationship with God? Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits, heroic Feats. Do you know God today? We believe that the number one way, not the only, not the only, but the, the number one way that you're going to know God is weekend gatherings. Say that with me, weekend gatherings. Number one, know God, weekend gatherings. Why weekend gatherings, J.O.? I'm going to tell you right now, weekend gatherings are used, probably the greatest tool in the hand of God to see people come to know Jesus Christ. Their life forever changed. I came to know Jesus Christ December the 7th, 1986 at a weekend gathering. Lots of people come to know Jesus on weekend gatherings. It's not just about being born again. My life has been transformed through weekend gatherings, throughout conferences or throughout preaching of the word or throughout the sound or prayers or worship. Think about the time when the body of Christ comes together and the head all together, the body and the head, Jesus being the head, you and I being the body of Christ, not just the pinky running around doing its own thing. There's a kneecap over there. There's the elbow over there, the business or whatever, but it, oh, the body of Christ coming together, head, the body, and as we worship God and dwells in the praises of his people, all of a sudden in his presence, 
People's lives are changed in that atmosphere, miracles and people being born again, lives being transformed on a weekend gathering, the fellowship, the community, the koinonia that takes place on weekend gatherings. We believe that you're going to know God through weekend gathering, through the preaching of the word, through the atmosphere, through the preaching of God's word. I believe that God is going to use weekend gatherings. Number one, three or four of you. Here we go. Let's try that again. Number one, how? Weekend gatherings. To be a people after God's own heart, it begins with knowing God. And we feel like not the only way, but one of the major ways that's going to take place is through weekend gatherings. I want to challenge those who come maybe once a month or once every two months to take your batting average up from about 100 to 750 or 900. We believe with all of our heart that as we do this, our church is going to be transformed, but not just heart of the city church, our city, and we're going to impact the world around us as we know God even more clearly and deeply in love with him and him in love with us. Everyone say, no, God. No. Number two. Number two. 100%. Here we go. Number two. Find How are we going to find freedom? Small groups. Say that with me, small groups. Where everyone knows your name. Everyone's glad you came. Cheers without the beer. Say that again for all the new people. Where everyone knows your name. Everyone's glad you came. Cheers without the Small groups. Why small groups, J.O.? Because I tell you what, Jesus is a, was a small group leader. He had his own small group. You may call them the 12 holy apostles, which they were, but they was not always 12 holy apostles. They were more like the 12 dirty dozen. And what Jesus do, he gathered them together. He walked with them. He spent more time with them, I think, than anybody else on the face of the earth. For three and a half years, he poured his life. And you are here today, this very moment, because of a Jesus and because of a 12 that he poured his life into, a small group that began to move out of that place and go into the world and turn the world upside down. And decade after decade after decade, people have taken, they've taken that baton and they've ran with it, the Great Commission. You're here today because they've been faithful with that. But he began with one and 12, a small group of men that was faithful with the Great Commission and the call of God upon their life, small groups. You will find freedom in small groups. Stop being a Jeremiah Johnson, a lone wolf, and an island to yourself. That's not how God's made us. Let me show you a beautiful scripture that shows and articulates small groups. Ephesians 4, 16. If you have your Bible, which I hope you do. Ephesians 4, 16 says this. Look at this beautiful picture of the body of Christ in small groups. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You got something I need. I have something that you need. According to the effect of working by which every part, you're a part, I'm a part, every part, does its share, 
Look what happens when we're together and everybody's functioning, everyone's healthy, and we're flowing together and part sharing, we're connected, we're knitted together. It says this, cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You want to grow, you want to mature, come on, you want to get free, get in a small group. That's all there is to it. Jail. come on, man, I don't got time for that right there. Nobody's got time. A man values what he does, and he does what he values. man values what, don't give me no. Walk it out. Walk, walk, walk the talk. Walk it out. Be very serious about this. Get in a small group. Begin to get to know one another. Begin to have koinia, brotherly love, sisters, brothers coming together, getting to know, sharing challenges. Sharing problems, getting prayer for different things that we're going through. There is power in small group. One time, Peter is locked up in jail. He's locked up. I think he has, like, security sitting on both sides of him. There is a group of people gathered together. Come on, somebody say together. Many. I don't know how many was in this small group, but it says many of them gathered together. And guess what they were doing? They were praying for Peter in the middle of the night. An angel kind of shows up and, 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 and begins to, to, to walk Peter out between these two security guards. Peter doesn't even know if it's real or if it's a dream or, or what's going on. And before you know it, he walks out. This guy's free. He shows up at the door where they're praying. Let me, let me just read it for a minute. It's too good. So when he considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mary, where many were gathered together praying. Wow. So many times, church, in the New Testament, you see the church together, communion, praying, fellowship, koinia, together, small groups. And it says this, <clears throat> and as Peter knocked at the, the door of the gate, a girl named Rhonda came to answer. Wow, they're praying. God's actually answering their prayer. Guess what Rhonda does? She completely freaks out. Look what it takes. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. It goes on to say, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. <laughs> but they said to her, how much faith is this right here? Ah, 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 you are beside yourself. <laughs> you know what beside yourself means? Look it up, in the, look it up in, the, in, in the Greek. It means that you're mad. You are cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Rhonda, you lost your marbles. But she hadn't. God actually answered their prayers. Yet she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, it's an angel. It's this angel. Peter's like, brother, man, I'm out of prison. Somebody opened a door. Come on, throw me a bone. And he continued knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go, tell these things to James and to the brother. And he departed and went to another place. Freedom through small groups. I know that that was a supernatural 
freedom moment, but it's not just about freedom of getting you out of prison. It's about freedom of getting you out of demonic prisons. Strongholds. Things that you've never been able to conquer on your own. God did not create us to do it on our, get lone wolf out of your mind, get an island out of your mind, get Jeremiah Johnson out of your mind. He's called us to walk in community, like my wife preached a year or two ago, unity and community coming together. Look what's inside community. There's unity. There is blessing where there's unity. Come on, come on. It's not going to be you by yourself. It's going to be you and Walking with others and sharing, confessing, sharing struggles, getting prayer, challenges. Chris Hodge says this, you're only as sick as your secrets. You're only as sick as your secrets. We're to do life together. Healing happens. Loneliness is dispersed. Depression is crushed through relationships. Maybe it's through a city group. Uh, you know, mine's Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock. Matt backs and, and, and Jimmy McAndrews leads it. We have a wonderful time, don't we, Matt? I was bugging Matt yesterday. I mean, he is my city group leader. I'm like, hey, bro, will you take me to the airport? He's a wonderful guy. He goes there on Fridays anyway. Oh, I probably shouldn't announce that, should I, Matt? <laughs> like, you've you blown up my phone now. Celebrate recovery, Fridays, transform, city groups. There's all kinds of groups here. God wants you to walk in freedom. Find the group. Number one. Oh, wow. GPA golf right there. Number one. Know God. How are we going to do that? Number two. Find how? And number three, discover purpose. God wants you to discover your purpose. Not the one beside you. I'm talking to you right now. You personally. God has a purpose for you. You might have tapped into it. You might be walking partially into it. I'm going to tell you right now. God has a purpose and destiny. We use this word destiny. What does that mean? It's like, where are you going to end up at? Where are you destined? That's what destiny is about. You're on a journey. You're on a path. God wants you to hit the mark. He has a purpose for you individually. I want to read this scripture. Jeremiah 1.5. Turn there with me for a moment. Jeremiah 1.5. It's beautiful. We believe that the one way, not always, there's many ways. Like, for example, I see uh, brush fires setting right here. J.R. and Buffy. That's one way. They have a class to help you discover your purpose. That's one way. What I'm telling you today, the way that we feel like you're going to begin to walk in your God-given purpose is, is through this uh, instrument that God has given. It's called Growth Track. Say that with me, Growth Track. For years, we've had core class. Before that, it was our value class. We're changing that to Growth Track, just a, just a click or two. Why? Because we think it's going to be an instrument of connecting you with relationships, you're going to be able to take a test in there, a dis test personality. I believe that God's going to use it mightily to help you experience and walk in your God-given destiny. Each one of you have it. Let me show you. Let me prove it. Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Let that sink deep right now. Before he formed you in the womb, before the womb, he knew you. Before the womb, God knew you. Look at that new again. Before the womb, God yada you. Before the womb, God knew you. Goes on to say, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God knows us before the room. God has a purpose for you before you were ever born. Somebody please tell the governor of New York the scripture. Before, before. When politics goes from politics to harming babies and mamas, affects life not being protected no longer is it politics for me come on come on now listen if you if you know me you know that i'm never here to beat up anybody listen if you've had an abortion i'm going to tell you right now there's healing for you god has a new day for you the healing of the womb healing of uh, damage emo- anything that you've been through healing but i'm going to tell you right now it should stop now because god knows babies before they are ever in the womb. God is a God of life. He's not the God of death. We need to be a voice for those who have no voice. The Bible tells us to be a voice for those who have no voice. God knows every baby before the womb. God has a plan for every baby before they are born. It's not politics. It's Bible. It's, bo- it's biblical ticks. Let me make up a word right now. <laughs> Joe, 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 about choice. Well, how about this? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what the good and pleasing and perfect will of God is. If the church is not going to be the voice for those who have no voice, who else will? I'm not going to wait on a politician or anybody else. It's the church. I'll step off my soapbox right now. But I'll probably jump back on it, so here we go. (laughs) We believe that growth track will get you and help you discover your purpose. Our whole staff, at least 99% of our staff has already been through growth track. We want people walking fully alive, your heart beating, passionately pursuing what God has created you for, your purpose and your destiny. Listen to these two scriptures in Ephesians 1.4, Ephesians 1.1. It says this, Ephesians 1.4, just, just as he chose us in him before the foundation. Everyone say before the foundation. He has a purpose for you before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Ephesians 1.11. In him also, we've obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Come on. Ever same purpose. Say that with me, purpose. God has a purpose. You know, go... God uses relationships. In the growth track, you, I believe, begin making some type of of relationship. Let me show you how God, it's so important you stop being a daggone Jeremiah Johnson. 
and a lone wolf. You know, the way that we even stepped into ministry is because an elder walked up to us uh, in 1990 and asked us, hey, the day that you get married, would you become the youth pastors? All we were were, were Jesus freaks. We just knew we were going to serve Jesus. We didn't know what we were going to do, but God uses another man in relationship to begin to direct our destiny. Then we met Pastor Bob McGregor, and through him, I met a, a guy named Ken Wild, who we became youth pastors there in, in, in Capital Christian Center back in the day in Meridian area. And then that, that led, led us later on to go to City Harvest Church. And then, then, then almost 13 years ago, we were shot out to plant this church. Come on, God uses relationships. Get all enrooted, get engrafted with the body of Christ in, in discovering your purpose and destiny that God has upon your life. I believe that this whole growth track is going to be a beautiful instrument to connect in building relationship and purpose. Come on. Amen. Number one, what are we going to do? A little slow, but you're getting there. That's good, that's good, that's good. Number two. How? Wonderful. Number three. Through what avenue? Wonderful. Last one today. Make a difference. Make a difference. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how you feel today. Radine and I got to pray, and Seth and a group of us got to pray with a gentleman today and his wife from... from uh, Chico, California. Man, the brother is a walking miracle. Walking miracle. Four-stage cancer. Clear now. Just wow. You are here, no matter what you've been through, whatever you're faced with, you are here to make a difference. You want to be fully alive and fully engaged. Come on. Make a difference. Stop waiting for someone to make a difference in your life. You make a difference in someone else's life. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's not a country song. It's not a country song. Me, 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 my, 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 I. Oh, me, oh, me, oh, my. Come on. It's about you getting involved and you getting engaged and you making a difference. How are you going to make a difference? I believe through teams. Say that with me, teams. We have teams all over heart of the city church. If you're not in part of a team, can you do something on yourself? Absolutely. You can do something all alone. One to run a thousand. But when you put one and one together to make two, we go from a thousand to ten thousand. Come on. Jesus raised up teams. There was a team in Acts. Uh, Acts 2 is when the church was birthed, the New Testament church was birthed. So you think, well, uh, back in the day, they probably never had no problems in the church. Hey, 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 yo. Four chapters later, the church is just stressed out. They're, they're arguing. It happens. Come to the heart of the city church, get offended. Why? Because it happens. In Acts 6, I mean, the church just started in Acts 2. Acts 6, there's, there's problems. Philistines and Hebrews are discussing, they're fighting over food and how the food's going to be distributed among widows and so forth and so on. And, and the apostles are like, what are we going to do? They put together seven dudes to distribute the food. Why? Because they're all stressed out arguing. Listen to the criteria of the seven guys. Look what it says, Acts 6, 3. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of a good reputation, 
full of the Holy Spirit, amen, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. It was a team. It was a team of seven people that they turned over to, men of wisdom, men of anointing, full of the Holy Spirit. And guess what that team did? They began to distribute the food instead of the apostles. Everyone say team. God works through teams. In Luke 9, Jesus sends out a team of 12, his disciples. He, he, he gives them authority to go out and, and heal the sick and, and preach the gospel. And Somebody say team. Team is where it's at. One chapter later, Luke 10, guess what Jesus does? He releases a team of 72. He sends them in teams of two to go what? Heal the sick, preach the gospel. Jesus is all about teams. If you want to make a difference, get on a team. Teams are very, very powerful. They're used so mightily by God. Uh, God has always used teams. I want to show you some different teams at Heart of the City Church this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'd like you to stay standing just so that you can kind of get a pulse on some of the teams at Heart of the City Church. There's probably needs to be a, a hundred other teams birthed that God's put in your heart, and you need to do something with it. If you're part of streets team, part of streets, stand up. Anybody on, on streets? This, this uh, Good, good, good. God bless you. On the streets. My son, stay standing. Thank you. God bless you. Stay standing. My son went with them on the streets Thursday, 5 a.m., coffee and donuts. And on the way, Stephen says, hey, you know what? Uh, I want you to open air preach while you're there in Spokane. So probably at 6 a.m. or something, my son is open air preaching in the streets of Spokane. Come on, somebody. Somebody say streets team. No, stay standing. Stay, stay standing. Thank you. Let's say, let's say this, hospitality team. You work with hospitality. Please stand up. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Let's say that you are uh, a sheepdog team. You're on the sheepdogs. Stand up. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. How about this? How about if you're on the fit team? You've worked on the fit team. Our first, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. God bless you. God bless. How about varsity team? You're on a team Wednesday night or Thursday night. Would you please stand to your feet? You're a varsity team. Yeah, praise God. Thank you. How about healing team? Would you stand up if you're on one of the healing teams today? Usher teams? How about kids teams? You work with the kids in the back. All these are teams. How about heart creative team? Would you put your hands together for these different ones on teams? Now, everyone say there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But let me say this, you should be standing up. You might be on a team that I didn't, didn't even announce today. But I want to encourage you, listen, we try to make, like, like Ben, I didn't call the team he's on. He's on the financial team. Stand up, Ben. If you're on the financial team, an amazing team. So there's teams, I get, that you're not standing up. But there is people in here that you've never been on a team. Let me encourage you. We can make a difference on a team. You can be seated. Are you ready? We're going to review this right now. 
I don't want it to sound like a PGA golf tournament in here. Number one. Know God. How are we going to know God? Awesome. Crystal clear vision for this house. Number two. Find freedom. How? Small groups. Number three. Discover your purpose. How? Growth track. Number four. Make a difference. Teams. Awesome. Amen. 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 We feel like we have a crystal clear vision for Heart of the City Church. With that crystal clear vision, you're going to be able to run. You're going to be able to get on a track. You're going to be able to run with endurance. You're going to be able to hit your destiny, but not just in the house. When you're healthy in the house, guess what? We're going to impact the city that we're in. We're going to impact Coeur d'Alene, Athol, Post Falls, this whole surrounding area. We're going to impact our world. Think about this. You run into someone, you go to Heart of City Church, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I'd like to know how to get involved. Oh, wow, I can tell you exactly how to get involved. Have you been through growth track yet? No? Oh, you got to go through growth track. Okay. Wow. And then guess what? Get on a team. You wouldn't make a difference in your life. Get on a team. You know what? Get connected in a small group because you're going to find freedom. And it all begins with knowing our God. Come on. God's going to do an amazing thing through Heart of the City Church. Would you stand to your feet?